please. Up through the chimney and out, the smoke mingled with the mist that was gathering speed, sweeping in thicker and thicker, obscuring things in parts, half a hill, then the other half. The trees turned into silhouettes, loomed forth, were submerged again. Gradually the vapour replaced everything with itself, solid objects with shadow, and nothing remained that did not seem moulded from or inspired by it. Sai's breath flew from her nostrils in drifts, and the diagram of a giant squid constructed from scraps of information, scientists' dreams, sank entirely into the murk. She shut the magazine and walked out into the garden. The forest was old and thick at the edge of the lawn. The bamboo thickets rose thirty feet into the gloom. The trees were moss-slung giants, bunioned and misshapen, tentacled with the roots of orchids. The caress of the mist through her hair seemed human, and when she held her fingers out, the vapour took them gently into its mouth. She thought of Guyane, the mathematics tutor, who should have arrived an hour ago with his algebra book. But it was 4.30 already and she excused him with the thickening mist. When she looked back, the house was gone. When she climbed the steps back to the veranda, the garden vanished. The judge had fallen asleep, and gravity acting upon the slack muscles, pulling on the line of his mouth, dragging on his cheeks, showed Sai exactly what he would look like if he were dead. Where is the tea? he woke and demanded of her. He's late, said the judge, meaning the cook with the tea, not Guyane. I'll get it, she offered. The grey had permeated inside as well, settling on the silverware, nosing the corners, turning the mirror in the passageway to cloud. Sai walked to the kitchen, caught a glimpse of herself being smothered, and reached forward to imprint her lips upon the surface, a perfectly formed film star kiss. "'Hello,' she said, half to herself and half to someone else. "'No human had ever seen an adult giant squid alive, "'and though they had eyes as big as apples to scope the dark of the ocean, "'theirs was a solitude so profound "'they might never encounter another of their tribe. "'The melancholy of this situation washed over Sigh.' Could fulfilment ever be felt as deeply as loss? Romantically, she decided that love must surely reside in the gap between desire and fulfilment, in the lack, not the contentment. Love was the ache, the anticipation, the retreat, everything around it but the emotion itself. The water boiled and the cook lifted the kettle and emptied it into the teapot. Oh, terrible, he said. My bones ache so badly. My joints hurt. I may as well be dead. If not for Biju. Biju was his son in America. He worked at Don Polio. Or was it the hot tomato? Or Alibaba's fried chicken? His father could not remember or understand or pronounce the names, 
and Bijou changed jobs so often like a fugitive on the run. No papers. Yes, it's so foggy, Sai said. I don't think the tutor will come. She jigsawed the cups, saucers, teapot, milk, sugar, strainer, Marie and Delight biscuits, all to fit upon the tray. I'll take it, she offered. Careful, careful, he said scoldingly, following with an enamel basin of milk for Mutt. Seeing Sai swim forth, spoons making a jittery music upon the warped sheet of tin, Mutt raised her head. Tea time, said her eyes as her tail came alive. Why is there nothing to eat? the judge asked, irritated, lifting his nose from a muddle of pawns in the centre of the chessboard. He looked then at the sugar in the pot, dirty, mica-like glinting.